Are we so, uh, you know, the funniest thing is talking to farmers and planting season and uh, listening to all the issues they're having with the people they work with. And okay. so yesterday I was talking with Justin on the way up and <laughs> he's like on this rant. I know everybody on here has got a guy like this and he's on this rant about how Bruce, so Justin works with Bruce and Bruce is older. So Bruce is, he's probably 70 getting close. And then Justin's 44, pretty much solid 10 years older than me. So he's 44, but Bruce is having issues with steering system on their bean planter. They run two planters, one corn one, one bean one, having issues with their steering. And Justin call, calls me and he's like, I told Bruce, I'm not going to talk to you anymore about planter issues until you freaking get rid of that goddamn <laughs> smartphone. Or no, he has a flip phone. Get rid of that freaking flip phone and get a smartphone and hung up on him. <laughs> he's calling me up and ranting away. He's like, um, uh, He's like, that guy will go, he doesn't like technology, but he'll go spend thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 on steering systems for the new 9R four-wheel drive, but he won't spend more than $5 on, on a, a phone. phone. <laughs> so, oh, man, I just thought that's <laughs> I can funny. can hear him. Oh, my. <laughs> He's just, I'm not going to talk to you anymore until you go get a smartphone. Click. <laughs> so, Oh, but I had the same thing. My dad called me yesterday. I can't figure out how to adjust the population on this planter. I, I don't know. It's been a year since I've been in that one. He, yeah. We have two, two, and I hadn't been in that one. It's got an older box. It's got a brown box, John Deere brown box. And then the other one runs a 2630. But um, yeah, I can't talk him through that. I want, I'll FaceTime you. Oh yeah, never mind. You don't have that option. Yeah. I bet I FaceTimed seven times in the last 10 days. Yeah. It's like My planter tech ever. or whatever. Mm -hmm. When I was having the fertilizer problem issues. Yeah. Yep. Best oh, thing yeah. ever. Oh, dude. But that freaking $5 phone or whatever, you'll spend $50,000 on a steering system you might use a couple times a month for four or five days at a time. But this thing never leaves your hand or not more than 10 feet away from most people. And they won't spend money on them. Yeah. Which not a sales pitch to get a new phone. But yeah, we I don't make any money on phone sales. Yeah. I'd be totally boned without this phone. Oh, dude. <clears throat> I would, everybody always sit there. How the heck did we get anything done before cell phones? We just didn't as fast. There was more people around. Yeah. I think we were more efficient with what we did do. Because we were less distracted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I now it. I'm managing sales um i've got you know blends for guys going on at the same time i've got um orders for from the plants constantly going logistics moving things around dealing with the girls in the office you with dis distribution the other distribution sites oh by the way we just set up a new guy in pennsylvania yeah we have a new distribution point out there Tim. Tim, so this goes out two weeks. So two weeks mm -hmm. ago, yep. we set up a new distribution back in Pennsylvania. So um, guys out there that are listening. And he's in the cover crop business. He's very, very devoted to cover crops. <clears throat> Takes incredible photos. He does. Tim, it makes, it makes me really depressed, to be honest. It's, I thought that in spots out here, we had some good looking spots, but 
he makes junk spots look good. I know. And he turned soil real good. He'd send us some of his junk soil. Or it was it was junk soil when he started. He sent us some of his soil analysis, and Ben's like, "Bro, some of the best drooling ones I've ever over seen. that." It's like, "Jeez, yeah. man." Yeah. Anyway, Tim Kocher, he's up there. Good dude. Yeah. Singular guy. <sighs> yeah, he's he's excited. Yeah. And I think he's going the right direction with a lot of things. Yeah. He just needs to be able to uh, get things to help him along. Yeah. And that's what we're here for. That's it. Here to help farmers. Is Ryan yeah. is Ryan up in Iowa? Gibbs? Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's up, dude? <laughs> What's up? What's up? And Kyle. Kyle. Yeah, and Kyle. I think that's how you say his last yes. name. Yeah, Kyle, don't worry. You're not alone. You're not the only insane person in the world. Although I would have to say some of the things you're doing are... Pretty insane. Insane. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that. Don't worry, you're insane. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, you are insane, but you're not alone. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh, how how comforting. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> well, I mean, we went over space travel and foreign countries taking over things, and world the World War II never ending, and basically and we started peer pressure. Yeah, canceling. Yeah, canceling gravity. Canceling gravity. Yeah. Yeah. So in Orlando, talking about gravity and things, um, canceling it or whatever, but, you know, affecting things. There was a lot of talk about this whole Cortiva in seed placement. Now, oh. I'm not talking depth. I'm Direction talking of the seed. Direction of the seed in the soil. Laying on its side, point down, head down, things like that. There's some crazy stuff in that. Mm-hmm. Especially when you start talking to guys and then, well, we might be able to make a planter like that. They've made they might. One. They've made one. They made one? They have made one. Really? Yes. That's pretty <clears throat> accurate. There's some pretty cool stuff out there. About two, three years ago, the was it Precision that does the sensor on the seed, and when the seed goes through the sensor, it turns the fertilizer on as a pulse? John Deere. John Deere John just Deere's? came out with that. Yep. Yeah. That only fur puts in furrow under the seed only and not in between. Yep. So there's shot. Incredible. I think it's a whole something shot program. John Deere. I'm gonna Google it. You go on some tangent. I'll Google it. Go on some tangent. Talk about some dumb thing. <laughs> I don't like your hat or your coat. I think that logo looks terrible. John's <laughs> gonna hate us. <laughs> We're not gonna talk about whose it is. Uh, Joe's looks great. Joe's looks great. That's Joe. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, yeah, good technology is coming out. Exact rate. No, that's not it. Exact rate. Exact shot. There it is. Exact shot. I'll tell you what. Okay. So I got to go on a tangent about John Deere for just a minute. Okay. Okay. So I went to this program. Um, with Warren and it was John Deere's like elite grower group. Whoa. And I would, and I would were. bag on case IH if the, if it the, if they had the same program, I just happened to be at the John Deere one. Okay. Where they take all your yield data. They take your quote soil samples, even though it's a load of horse S they, cause I went and we third party gridded their crap and it's, I don't know what they're coming up with. It's total, total bureaucratic corruption to the highest degree. 
I'm sorry if you're in John Deere and you're a part of this program, please reach out to me because I think your program's a load of crap. Because <laughs> okay, so they had they had this <clears throat> now customer of ours, very good friend of mine. They had him out there doing soil builds, okay? Massive and massive and massive soil builds. I'm not going to put the dollar amount out there, but it's enough to buy enough toilet paper for 34 civilizations for 10 lifetimes. Anyway, so he ah, pisses me off. I got all the data. I got everything else. I noticed. Got it. Yeah. I'm going through all this stuff, and I don't know what the program's called. Maybe John Deere junkies out there will know what. Actually, people listening to this broadcast probably are not a part of it because they've lit, they've recognize the load of crap that it is anyway so i'm going through everything and they it was this is a four-year build program in four years uh uh josh's friend we're going to build your soil up to where it needs to be to be high productive soil okay cool four years goes by comes to me hey i'm on they just finished four-year build program um and i can you help me with some of my crop stuff i need some help sure glad to so we're starting year five. I said, hey, let's get some fields grid sampled. Well, John Deere grid sampled. Okay. Anyway, did some grid sampling. Um, did just like two fields. One that John Deere had done. One John Deere had not done because it was just recently acquired. The one they had done, I'm sitting there looking at this thing. I'm like, man, this thing is widely variant. Widely variant. pH, phos, K, zinc, sulfur, boron, the whole thing. It's all wonky out of whack. I'm like, what the freaking name? So we go back. We grid sample. Uh, this spring... We go back, we grid sample all John Deere stuff, okay? At this time, he'd sell John or John Deere, no, I'm not going to do that program anymore. And they were pissed off. Fertilizer dealers pissed off. They hate my guts. It's fine. I really don't care. Um, and we tried working with them. We tried working with them, by the way. And they're mm -hmm. just like, no. Anyway, Ben, ben <clears throat> can go on a tangent about that, but it's probably best that he doesn't. No. <laughs> so... Grid sample. And so we pull, I pull out all these grids. Okay. This is all done. Third party lab had no idea what was going on. Nothing, no ties, affiliation, to John Deere, the grower, myself or whatever. They just ran the labs comes back. We have widely varying soils, pHs. We have FOSS. They had, they had him putting on 150 pounds of 1152 on an area that had 160 parts per million phosphorus. Like, like, just like the podcast, WTF, <laughs> WTF. I'm like, seriously, I need to not yell. I get, well, so we're your, podcasting your in a bank right now and retiring back bank. on since you're over there, like ripping it out. Pissed me off. And I'm like, dude, the amount, of, and, and he's like, where's all my money? I'm like, well, great question. Why don't you go ask the blankety blanks at John Deere? <laughs> I'm telling you, go scrub that shiny paint off your head. And, oh, pisses me off. Telling you, John Deere people, not my friend. But the amount of money he spent to have results and they weren't there. You tell me where it's at. I want one John Deere person that understands that program that, and that, I mean, just because a yield map says you raised a good yield, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, just because you raised a good yield there, they think, oh my gosh, you pulled everything out of your dirt. You're not going to be able to grow a good crop ever again. Mm -hmm. Well, no, maybe your soil is most efficient in that spot and it, the plant utilized all the nutrition available at the, for that year right there. Mm -hmm. Maybe your soil's testing low because it all went into the plant like we really wanted it to. Right. Anyway. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, hang on. Hang on. One last thing. So we're sitting there. They feed you this nice lunch. Dude, it built a hell of a turd. 
It was a good lunch. <laughs> they had snacks, they had drinks, they had everything, wine and dine you. They had this agronomist come in, okay? This agronomist come in for John Deere, mm -hmm. like high up in whatever John Deere rankings of superior authority. It comes in and he's like, guys, we're seeing a substantial yield response to a potassium application. And I'm like, what? This is your group of top tier farmers. And you're telling them that, well, the sad thing was, is a lot of people in the room were looking at him like he just given them a brand new freaking idea. Mm -hmm. It's like, did no one, no one in this room? No, literally very, almost no one in this you room know, knew I about that. I see this that. all the time. I'll tell somebody something constantly. I've had it, you do it to me and sit there and I'll tell you something and it, it kind of like goes in one ear and out the other, I guess. Yeah. And then somebody else will bring it to you or you'll listen to a podcast yeah. And you come back and like, I've got this great idea. It just happened like two weeks ago. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I've already told you that, but don't worry about it. I'm pretty used to you not remembering remember anything crap, I, I said. That's so, right. So but, it's okay. Yeah. I'm glad you finally picked that up. <laughs> this guy's like, you know, we're recommending a potassium application. And I'm like, this, this a full, we drove two hours round trip to listen to some guy feed us some pretty badass meatballs. And tell us that potassium is important for plants. And this is the room full of guys that are in the top tier management program of John Deere. I don't care if it's New Holland, Case IH, Fent, whatever it is. If that's all they're telling you and you're paying them a massive amount of money for a subscription fee for them to tell you that one freaking fact that Google probably knows more about them than that guy. <sighs> anyway, I need to say John Deere's not getting any more of his money. If Case has the same program, screw Case. I don't care. <laughs> screw all you guys. That, that's absolutely absurd. Uh -huh. I mean, John, just think, all these companies make their money selling fertilizer spreaders. You think they're going to encourage the use of fertilizer? Freaking A, yeah. Yeah. And data. They, they, and data collection. Data they're just collecting collection. all your data and selling it to Bayer, Monsanto, Syngenta, and BASF. Oh, yeah. So when I was with this other company prior to Singular, we had a marketing team. And so they brought to us, we were trying to reach out to growers companies that you can buy phone numbers and emails from and packages. How many numbers do you want and where do you want them located? And mm -hmm. package deals. And that's your information. Yeah. Every time you have a phone number and an email, unfortunately those are out there anyway, but I can buy every farmer in the U S is email and phone number for a, a price and call every single one of them. Yeah. So, but data <sighs> is valuable. Oh, absolutely. That's why FBN loves it. I've seen FBN is going again, so they must know. They are going again. They Millennial Farmer's pushing them. Yep. So they must have shoved him a whole bunch of money. Yep. I'll be done listening to this. <laughs> Zach, I do appreciate your channel. I really do. But, uh, but anyway. Yeah, there's more money in data than there is in anything else. Well, just think about it. If they can collect the data of your yield response to various products, you know, you go into your climate or whatever, and I've got climate. And you punch in, now I punch in completely bogus things. So it shows, yeah, throws off their whole mm -hmm. algorithms. You know, I, I'm planting like freaking rice out in the middle <laughs> of my best cornfield and it's hybrid and might just be 60, 15, you uh -huh. know, corn. But, uh, you know, go, but you put it in the application and it's saved to the cloud. Well, 
then they can see, oh, hey, that uh, Lucento fungicide had a yield response here in this field of X amount of bushels. Mm-hmm. Well, the areas that it works good, they can spend more marketing dollars in that region. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the yield response we're seeing in this zone. You know, yeah. or if they see that it's not working in western Nebraska, probably won't spend any marketing dollars in western Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, dude, we're just gonna ha- we're all we're gonna do it. This podcast is gonna become like a little bit of crop update. Don't front load in and a bunch of government conspiracy. <laughs> That's what this whole podcast is gonna become. No, no, no. <laughs> so, no. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, that's, I guess all that is, that's why I take the approach I do when I talk to guys is, <clears throat> I'm going to teach you how I view it and how I understand it and a way to move forward from there. And as I learn new things, I'm going to pass that on because I want to be able to do like you. And now you're not gullible anymore because you understand. And you hadn't heard it from just me. You hear it from Brad. You hear it from Kyle, Ryan, any of these guys we talk to. You see it in the field. Mm -hmm. And you see the results. And so if you don't understand, I don't care. I don't care if you don't believe the John Deere deal or if you don't believe any of these build programs. If you don't understand the working of something, the next time somebody brings something new out, you're in that instantly because you don't understand. And we're not saying that you can't build a nutrition in the soil, but so oftentimes you have imbalances in the soil that will cause that availability of a new Mm -hmm. nutrient to be available. Otherwise it would probably be available in your soil already. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I mean, sure you apply manure to a field, you see, you know, your micros and some of your macros go up a lot. Mm -hmm. Sure. We're not saying it can't be done, but can you do it efficiently? And does it make sense financially? Yep. So. Yeah. But understanding how. Yeah. And and what causes that and Mm -hmm. why builds don't work. Yeah. So that's the key. Mm -hmm. Ask questions. A lot. Not a, not the question. What do I do? The question of why does that work like that? Because mm. if you ask, what do I do? I'll tell you whatever you want to hear that you buy some more product. If I was a product salesman, yeah. you know, we do sell product, but you got I'm an account, like, man, you got an account, you know, you got <clears> accounts, <throat> you got a nice pickup. You got to maintain a certain level of sales so mm-hmm. that you keep your status and you keep lights on and mama happy as Brad. Would and say. then, and then some of that is the fact they don't understand either. Sure. There's a lot of that. Sure. I, I see mean, some really. We res- didn't understand a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of respected agronomists out there that are good agronomists that do things for the right reason. I yes. see it every day. They're good, morally straight people. They don't understand, or they don't. Their superiors are telling them not to do it that way. There's a lot of cover your ace practice, which in this world everybody's so sue happy. You have to be careful. Yeah, you recommend something and it does fall back. What happens? Who's on the line? No. So, yeah, I don't just think a lot of people out there just doing it and trying to um, understand and trying to make a living and they're doing what they believe is right. And this is like Kyle made the comment of, I'm glad I'm not the only crazy one. It does sound somewhat crazy at times. So, yeah. yeah. But understanding a challenge, like especially in soil analysis, I get a lot of people that come in and imbalance, you know, P 
or calcium, magnesium, potassium, sodium, and hydrogen balances don't matter. You can't come tell me that don't matter when it affects pH, but then you believe that there's tie up. Mm. You can't come say there's tie up and then tell me the balances don't matter, but what affects pH? Yeah. The, the balance. You believe balance doesn't matter. Go eat a spoonful of salt and let's talk in an hour. (laughs) But the, yeah. One will talk. The other one will probably be in the emergency room. Yeah. It's, it's definitely more to be known. I've had guys tell me all the time. I've, I've had this legitimately multiple times. Guys come out and, well, if that worked, we would know by now. Mm. Well, yeah, 200 years ago, they probably thought the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is, is agriculture, I believe, technology-wise, is further ahead than they are today. Was? Mm-hmm. Okay. Explain I think that. we went backwards. Hence, last podcast, Indian Garden, right? Yeah, good point. Terra Preta. Yep. Mayans, all these things, they've had to do it without technology. Now, today we have technology, and everybody looks to technology to fix everything. But you can't outsmart your way through Mother Nature. Mm. So now Mother Nature's coming back pissed off. Yeah. And that's what we have. So what's the answer? More tech. Guess what? Mother Nature figures it out. How long before the next herbicide becomes irrelevant because weeds are now resistant? On and on and on we go. I can correct your imbalance. Your weed problem goes away for no more than improving your yield. Yeah, you don't see pigweeds growing out in the prairie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you get in the field right yep. next to it, you fight them all year long. Yep. I can fix your imbalance and your nutrition in a single deal, one direction. And it's relatively cheap to do and your system goes and you don't have these problems. Yeah. My operation primarily works of a pre-emergent and glyphosate only. And the rain reason for that is we fight shatter cane. And until I get the weed bank out, it's just there because it's a grass. That's it. Now my fields aren't, I would consider even near top tier, but they're on the improvement for the most part. I don't know. Four is pretty nice. Four? Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty nice farm. It's a pretty nice farm. <clears throat> I like four. But, uh, yeah. They're, I don't know whether to be depressed or happy. Well, why would you be depressed? Because I'm a farmer, and that's what we're genetically designed to be. It's depressed. Mad. Nah, so. I've been told farmers are internal optimists internal (laughs) Mm -hmm. and internal inevident or whatever infinite optimist because why would you keep doing it if you didn't believe it would be better next time boy that's true that's true so how does a farmer maintain a positive honestly i would say the way a farmer of field day i think field day is going to be that's going to be a huge thing the field day is guys are going to get together and realize well, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, there's, there's, there's here's <clears throat> well, a whole group like, of guys that I hang out, I can hang out they, with and they, they're doing what I'm doing and yeah. they're seeing results and they're peer pressure. Just saying oh, peer yeah. pressure is to plant and harvest and whatever else spray. You have that same peer pressure and try new tech. Well, my, just think of my co-op. They told me I was just an absolute lunatic for putting humic on with 28. Mm-hmm. Oh, just snake oil. Just mm-hmm. snake oil. Anyway, I know Chad's not listening to this, but whatever. 
um, you know, and then after he saw the results, he called, you think that would work with 10340? Might talk, <laughs> Mr. Snake Oil. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I'm telling you. But, you There's know, they so easily make you feel like an idiot. You know, make you feel like an idiot. Oh, I don't worry. Mm-hmm. You need to stabilize your nitrogen. I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got this. Oh, it's got cyanide in it. Ah, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, having a group to support that. And I, <clears throat> I've had lots of guys talk, you know, you work with commercial farms. Well, yeah, because I don't care if it's a commercial operation, organic operation, or a full bore regen. I'm going to do everything possible to improve the soil. The principles are the same. Just how extreme are you going to get? So if you're full on region, you don't, you want to go real extreme. You want everything to be as absolutely soil eco-friendly as possible. In a commercial farm, it's about the dollar. I can make you more money if you improve your soil. Mm-hmm. A lot more money. A hell of a lot more money. Yeah. But you can't bite off huge chunks, huge chunks, because you're 10, 20,000 acres. So how do we convert that? And then that's what I do is, okay, well, we're going to start here and here and here because I know these work. Let's watch what happens and we'll adjust from there because I know these will work. This is what we're going to do. And when we change, we'll take our handheld samplers out there and we'll check out what's wrong. And next year we'll make another adjustment because we know that was a problem. Now we know that most likely we'll see a bang and that's how we adjust commercial farms into more regenerative practice. But I've got guys come in there heavy regen. I just want anything you think, any cocktail you want to run. And they get upset that we don't sell them the whole kitchen sink. No, not necessarily. I think a lot are very relieved to hear not just this massive $300 an acre program. You need all this huge build. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's let's take this step by step. Well, and it's comforting to guys. It's comforting to guys to know that, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, he's done just, he's not sitting here drilling over my checkbook. Yeah. I want to see a response. Yeah. Let's, let's take this step by step because no farm is the same, but no. there are products that tend to vary. I mean, nitrogen's one of them. Tell me a farm that nitrogen doesn't work. <clears throat> Even regen guys are still going to use at least some form. Yeah. So some products cross, we can take that in there. We can start a guy in the right direction. We can find how to tweak the system in a, in a way that doesn't break the bank. You're going to see yield increase, but you don't have to throw the whole book at it to get that increase. In fact, if you throw the whole book at it, I can't tell you exactly what does and what does not work because we threw everything. So which one worked? Yeah. I mean, the fish hydrolysates, I think they're great. I think there's great technology there. Mm-hmm. I think the... Um, <clears throat> the the principle behind it is definitely a direction a guy should go. But on the front end, do we do that first or do we look at Humix or do we look at Fulvix, which are for me are the same program, part of the same program, but we do that. Do we introduce lots of foliar applications, natural hormones, amino acids, all these extracts? You know, what are we going to do? We're going to build a system that's simpler, simpler, it's not going to be as simple as a commercial, let's blow and go type deal. Um, very implementable, easy, and catered to an operation. I'm not talking catered to soil. I'm talking catered to a farm. Mm-hmm. Farmer and what he has is access for equipment and people. And then we go from there and move up. I have no idea where we came from to this talk, but... <laughs> you just hit record. Yeah. 
And here we are. Yeah, here we are. Most way through another podcast. Yep. Um. So, but oh, you were taught ranting about John Deere and all the builds, but now the you systems. pissed me off again. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, gonna try to uh, build a program cater to a guy's operation. Yeah. But blank big egg. Big fist. That's right. Bang. Oh, man. Yeah, it's... Hashtag producer strong. That's right. WTF. Yep. Telling you. Get all the acronyms in. That's right. (laughs) Oh, I got tornado damage still. Anyway, so... um, Man, I don't know. What's something useful that we can tell everybody? You know... um, Don't don't front load nitrogen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah stabilize it stabilize it humix or whatever carbon i think don't mix urea and humic acid together so this is gonna be we are second week of may early may yeah, yeah. early mid-may gonna be some young corn yep uh some fungicide probably on wheat post merge on corn getting make close. sure you're yeah make if you're running post on on emerged corn and you round up in the tank, make sure that you have manganese in there. Every time. I don't care where you get it. Get it in there. Yeah. Because, well, why, Ben? So when they, I don't know about every genetic, but I know for sure in beans. But when they spliced in the genetic sequence to add glyphosate tolerance into the strand, they spliced it right where manganese metabolism is. And so high loads of glyphosate on soybeans will cause yellow flash. That's manganese deficiency. Not because it's deficient, it's because of glyphosate and it's trying to metabolize glyphosate and not manganese. So if you add manganese in, it actually reverses that. That is the one thing that I can say any guy can do, go buy product, I don't care where you get it. Get a manganese, a ZMB, get, I don't know what Lovelands is, what all these other guys have, but a manganese base to put in with your post-emerge spray. Glyphosate, FYI, if there's a dicamba product in there, it will make it hot. Yeah. And at fulvic, no fulvic, I don't care. It'll make it hot. But be careful running fulvic with post-emerge applications. Right. But and, that... In fact, I'm... We're, I ran fulvic. I ran, I ran a pint of our 2X fulvic and 24 ounces of five-pound Roundup and on my rye. Smoked the piss out of it. It killed her mm-hmm. dead or in the doornail. Yep. So, um, but yeah, post-emerge, be careful with fulvic because it does heat things up some. Be careful with nutritional in, in, in general. Yeah. Anytime you're going when you in mix with nutrition and chemical. It makes make, it hotter. Make sure you do your research. Yep. So It makes it hotter. So, um, yeah, manganese is definitely a massive yield increase is what I found. Um. Basically, what a guy told me when I first learned it was is that it takes roughly around 7 to 10 days to metabolize glyphosate. So say that plant's not totally shut down, but let's just do for easy math, 10 days of a plant working through a glyphosate treat, not focusing on sugar production the way it should be. Um, 10 days on 100-day corn is 10%. 10% of 200 bushel corn, 20 bushel. Yeah. And I would say it's been at least a five bushel every time. Mm. 
I'd say closer to 10 increase. And that's something I found time and time again, every time we've seen it on your operation, we've seen on my operation, every operation I go with, it works, man, it works good. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really care what brand you're using as far as manganese goes, but hundred percent. Yep. Just watch the status, watch the dicamba. It makes it hot. You'll stand, be standing on the edge of a bridge. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I've got but, corn back in the content in the, in the cabin field. This is the, this, let's see, it was corn first contest. That's when I hit it with that camera. First year I ever worked with you. Yep. Yep. And then it was beans and now it's corn again. So here we go. 2.0 for corn mm-hmm. and we'll see what we can do. Uh, hopefully by this podcast is planted. <laughs> right. I hope so. So yeah, yeah. nutritionals take care of that. You know, zinc, manganese, boron, some coppers. Be careful, copper's hot. Mm. Copper will mess up stuff. Yes. Um, we don't want to sweat. We, You know, you know something I want to learn more about is molly. Molly, that's a good one. Um, cobalt. Yeah. But uh, those are very, very low amounts. Yeah. <clears throat> um, if it's, you know, drier side, if you're on a drier side, selenium. Calcium is another one that has issues in dry and wet. So calcium is both sides. Um, but definitely the selenium thing. There's potentials in that. But then again, if you're you're uh, running out of water, who's thinking of spending more money? It's oh, the last thing you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. So here's a question: When do you draw the line? When do you draw the line? When do you just when you just throw in the towel? Well, when do we quit I've trying to found... rescue a plant? I mean, the farmer kind of knows when it's starting to go over. Yeah. Um, there's things you can do cheaply to help stretch that period out. Particularly on corn, it is very short compared to some of the other crops like soybeans and even wheat. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, you know, corn goes through growth, then reproduction, and then it's dead. Beans can go in and out of reproduction. Wheat can do the same. So we can be heading and then pop more tillers and then come back and, and add more heads. I've seen wheat get froze and then the second set of tillers come back and still make grain. And the main heads were all burned off. So it's got like nine lives on wheat, very much this way. Milo sorghums, very much that way. Mm. In fact, if you've got wheat issues and you've got, uh, say, wheat, 16. Weed. Weed. Okay. Yeah. So you got six inch foot tall sorghum out there. Mow it. If you can't kill it with Roundup or, or, well, you can't spray Roundup on there. If you can't knock it down with the crop oil and 2,4-D, if it's an iGrowth or one of the new Imaflex type hybrids, you could do something like that. But if you can't kill it, you can mow it off, like shred it off. It'll shock those pigweeds and that sorghum comes back extra pissed and covers everything <laughs> up. <laughs> so, that's a last, that's a last resort deal, but I've, I've, I recommended a guy do that last year on feed, two foot tall feed, had pigweed in it. Said go mow it. Like how far off the ground? Foot. Tom knocked off about a foot. Come back, beautiful. Not a weed in it. Beautiful. Choked it out. Yep. Wow. Because pigweeds don't tolerate mowing. It yeah, not real, the yeah, they stop the gr- top growth and they try to brush. Yep. Yeah. And it takes a long time. Feed like a soybean. Sorghums piss it off, huh? Not like a soybean. Yeah, you, you, tell you can it. use that to your advantage. Yeah. So there probably be some beans 
guys looking at doing some stuff. Second, third trifoliate. Bush hog them. <laughs> you can roll them. I've seen guys roll them. Yes, the guys roll them. Cobra. Yep. Burn the piss out if of them. If you get hail, bring it second, on. Second, third trifoliate, leave it. Yep. I know there are probably a few guys run into that scenario. Leave it. Yep. That, my second highest bean average ever was a total loss on the insurance. They come in and appraised it. It was third trifoliate. They come in and said, we'll zero it. You can plant something else. By the time that had happened, we were 15th to 20th of June. It's like, there's no way I can beat my APH guarantee, which on that farm's 80. I can't beat my APH guarantee of 80 at that point. So I left it. This is where my technology got developed in beans drastically. So I come back. I'm going to abandon these beans. I'll just keep them alive and I'll collect my insurance check at the end of the year. I'll just keep them alive so the landlord's happy. I don't own this ground. And then we'll move on. I take care of corn all summer. August, ah, I better go water these beans. These things have been drought stressing all summer. Planted 20-inch beans. I walk across there and, damn, there's a lot of pods on these beans and there's a lot of branches. I kicked the pivot on, made about five, six laps in a matter of about four weeks and watered them and they made 94. And they were zeroed by the insurance. How tall were they? Knee? When we harvest them? Yeah. Oh, uh, mid-thigh. Okay. So about three foot. Wow. And they were solid branches. That's when I learned how much a bean can tolerate. Probably one of the most tolerant crops for abuse that I've ever seen. Maybe next sorghum. Because mm. you can mow that clear off and it's just piss comes back. Yeah. Beans can tolerate an incredible amount of abuse until pod fill. Wow. After first cotyledon, or not uh, trifoliate. If you knocked cotyledon off, it's just done. Yeah. But yeah, that's some fun stuff. Now, if it totally mows it off to stick and there's no growing point at all, which you'll know within about four or five days, then you're, yeah, you're done. But if it tries to come back, do not replant it. Wow. Remember, yeah, it was the year I planted oats on all that ground mm -hmm. I did build on back then, so on and so forth. I planted the oats and I no-tilled into the oats and then we got so much rain. We got so much rain. I don't remember, it might've flooded. And it, dude, I only had, I only had maybe 30,000 stand mm -hmm. in some of those areas of beans and they still made 40 bushel. Mm-hmm. It just blew my mind. You're walking I, across, there's a plant and there's one. <laughs> uh, there's one there. Uh, there's a plant. Ben's like, leave it. Yeah, I, I love beans. They're so I'm fun. like, dude, this is, so, I'm dead. He's like, just leave it. So I replanted half of it. It all made 40. Yep. Um, I don't know if we talked about this yet in one of the other podcasts, but last year, how early is too early to plant beans? So a guy told me once when they won't come up, I'm finding that to be accurate. Mm. We found out last year. Yes, we did. So you had a field of beans. Yep. Tell the story about all the head or the pod shatter and then where we went. 
So let's see. How do I tell this in a legally non-binding way? You didn't plant them. No, I didn't. So I had a field of beans. They were Pioneer. Uh, <laughs> they were. I don't think that had an effect on the outcome, but uh, I go in and they were to harvest and we didn't get there. It was, they were double crop beans. It kept raining, 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 raining. Finally was able to cut and about a bushel had shattered out. So they made about 30 bushels. So, you know, one thirtieth shattered out. Really not that bad. You think about the grand scheme of things. So I cut the field. I let, you know, left, went home. All winter goes by. Spring comes around. I go out there I'm like, man, a bunch of these beans sprouted and there's beans all over the ground. And anyway, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to spray it. I go in there. These were, uh, extend flex. So Liberty Dicamba, I put a pot, I put a quart of two, four D in crop oil and roundup fly across the field, just melted them all to the ground. I'm like, game on. Okay. I'll come back to freaking plant. Okay. And it was 57, it's 57 and 17 to be 67, 71, 71 acres. No. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Most people say I've slept since then. I haven't. That's the problem with us is we <laughs> haven't slept since then. Um, and, uh, four, be 74. Yeah. Cause two sevens together is four. Yep. So I come into plant and there's beans all over the ground, like growing. Like what the crap? So I come in and I, uh, paraquatted. I came in and I paraquatted and there was one, one small section that there was quite a few of those suckers and seemed like evenly spaced. Yeah. You called me about it. I did. And I was like, I'm gonna leave it. So I left it and I paraquatted everything else that did kill them. <laughs> Just so you know, that did kill them. Uh, I come back and I plant up to that paraquat line and I came back that fall and I may or may not have harvested both sides of the line. And I did not plant. I did not plant mm -mm. seed whatsoever. I went in and I just, you know what I did, Ben? I mowed the field with my draper head. <laughs> yeah. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. And my combine being a case IH just so happened to be exceptionally good at cleaning grain. Um, so let's just say both sides of the line and the yield monitor yielded very good. Very good thrown on top of the ground in the fall unintentionally well shattered out um lived through the entire winter burned off with 24d came back no fertilizer one pass of a post emerge and that's it no treatments no, no treatments nothing nothing moldy mushy beans laying on top all winter long and uh yeah they made over 40 mm-hmm over 40. So, and last year was not a great year for me. It's about an average year. So, uh, 40 bushel on that farm is not too bad. Mm -hmm. Not too bad. So anyway, I ended up, you know, dumping them over a riverbank and just discarding of them because <laughs> other, any other forms of, of collecting would be illegal. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, it was, crazy i guess it's just illegal to run bin run beans if they never go through your bin they aren't bin run <laughs> yeah so as i say you didn't plant them it's not it's not my fault that that seed company can't keep the beans in the pods <laughs> exactly so i wonder if i could sue them for that 
Probably not. I don't know. Yeah, but too early? I don't know. I, I don't I'm know. just not seeing it. They will wait there until the temperatures are right, and then the cotton will not freeze. He just about freezing beans he, off. He plants them in February sometimes. Yeah, I know. But I they mean, just sit there. Yeah, but there's beans out of the ground right now that are going to get froze off. It here. won't hurt them. I'm serious. Okay. In the fall, if I cut beans and go in with a cover crop, say an earlier harvested bean, you know, harvested first of September, and I drill cover crop in there, then beans will come up, it'll freeze them, and uh, they'll turn somewhat purple, and that cotyledon opens up, and away they go. It takes really cold temps to knock out a bean. Just had a guy text me about humic. No. Yeah. Air drill guy. Sweet. Yeah. So, but yeah, beans are in exceptionally tolerant. If you got it, if you're sharing water, hold it off the beans for as long as possible. Hmm. If you're irrigating beans and it's full devotion, hold them off even longer than you think you can. Well, and on beans here in dry land where we can't control the rain, but we do get a decent, pretty good amount of rain. Um, we get about 32 inches a year, 32, 34, I believe is what we're at annual average rainfall. Um, we just, we just keep dropping population mm-hmm. to lower plants. Cause if we get these big rank beans, we get, we get 80 bushel plants and 35, 40 bushel yield. So we cut our planting population back to 55, 60, 70,000, 80,000. Um, later you plant, the more you need to add. Um, but I would almost say 10,000 a week past the first of July, first of June. Mm-hmm somewhere in there. That's just a number I have kind of toyed up with in my mind. But, um, anyway, it's, it's just, you know, it's been really interesting and that, that shortens the plant cause there's less competition. The plants aren't growing up to try to compete with the growth of other plants. They can continue on branching. I also went to a 30 inch row spacing to give more branching room. Um, anyway, I don't know. I have, I do not, neither of us like drilled beans, um, Mm-mm. at all. I don't, I don't really like 15 inch beans. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd like a 20 inch bean planter. You have one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I got a 30 inch planter and I've been very happy with a 30 inch planter and, uh, I can run some products. I run liquid humic in the furrow. Beans love that. We can run some sugar. Beans love humic. They do. Man, they love it. Yeah. So that's that one in wheat and sorghum. Mm-hmm. Anything that is, has, doesn't have the ability to to feed off multiple form of iron. So pretty much you get outside of wheat and corn, they, and even wheat loves it. Um, humics make or crank out one heck of a bang. So, yeah, but yep. Anyway, so yeah, just manganese, corn, beans. Guess what? Chicken Eat. butt. <laughs> You've been hanging around with your kids too long. <laughs> oh, good I've got enough of them. Um, I just, where'd it go? There's more tornado warnings. Oh, Elon Musk just took away Hillary Clinton's verification badge on Twitter. There you go. That's pretty cool. I, I really like that guy. Anyway, so. So, yep. Anything else? I think that's it for today. We'll find some more stuff. That was that was a random podcast. That was a random. Well, you're talking about random. There's lots of good information. 
Well, yeah. Besides I mean, your space rant, travel, neutralizing gravity, that was a government conspiracy, one. and you know, World War II never ending. Yeah. We haven't talked about aliens yet, but no, not on the podcast anyway. <laughs> if you want to talk about aliens, come to the field day. And shoot a fifty. And shoot a fifty BMG and win a frog. <laughs> win a frog. <laughs> That's so happening. That's so oh, happening. Oh man. Stoked. All right, guys. Well, uh, let's see. At this time of this recording, um, we're get, we're, we will be moving up quickly on corn foliar feed. Mm-hmm. The first pass. So um, if you're needing some foliar, please do not wait till the last minute to contact us. We do not carry a whole lot of product on hand. We're, well, honestly, because we can't hold it that fast. People keep ordering. Yeah, we've it's ordered great. back-to-back loads. And before the load the is truck here, will be half sold before it even gets to the shop. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Um, which is great. I mean, it's awesome. It just means we're getting, you know, res- properly priced product out to farmers instead yeah, of some loving it. massive Easy to handle. High rate hike. Oh, gets me pissed off at John Deere again. <laughs> yeah. Anywho. Anywho. Toodles. <laughs> <laughs> like, subscribe, comment, share, email us, whatever you want, or none. It's free country. Well, it's not it, I don't it's it's really not a free country because it's run by global elitists. But anyway, do our best to continue as free America and yeah, have a good one, people. Catch everybody later. See ya. See ya.